Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's MLB Premium Pass. Rotoballer's Premium DFS package includes 15 exclusive tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, our lineup optimizer, and so much more to help you win big. You can get access to our premium Slack channel where we chat about some of our favorite plays and strategy right up until lineups lock. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for 50% off. Use my promo code CATCHER for another 10% discount. It's a real win-win. Strike them out, throw them out. Just visit rotoballer.com slash radio. Sign up today and start rotoballing like a boss. Hello. Welcome to episode 19 of the Catcher's Corner. Um, I am your host, Eric Samolski, and sadly, we are without Sammy tonight. Um, he'll be back with us next week as we get towards wrapping up this inaugural season of the Catcher's Corner. We've got some great stuff to cover for you tonight. Uh, one little piece of housekeeping before we get started. As always, we would love if you could rate, review the podcast on Apple. Um, it is kind of the best way for, for us to kind of get our name out there and also for us to learn what we could do better. Piece of news also today, since we covered prospects uh, on the last podcast with Eric Cross, Joe Ryan has been promoted by the Twins. He was one of the guys that we covered so that he would be somebody to go back and listen to the last podcast if you want to hear our thoughts. A uh, really good K-minus walk rate in the minors should definitely be somebody that you could look into in deeper kind of 15-team leagues if you're looking for a, a shot in the arm in these final months of the season or month of the season. Today, we'll be talking with a very special guest, Carlos Marcano, who's joining us from Pitcher List, Prospects 365, six-man rotation, everything. Carlos, thanks for thanks for coming on. You make it sound like I'm doing, you know, too many things. I, I, I'm starting to doubt myself now. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's just the right amount of things. Just the right amount of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, know I covered it a you. little. Yeah. Of course, I covered it a little. But why don't you just tell people where they can find your work and and what kind of stuff you've been writing about this year? Yeah. Well, I'm very happy to be here uh, tonight, uh, Eric, and thanks a lot for uh, inviting me. And um, yeah, basically that that's where where I'm putting my stuff these days, mostly uh, on pick picture list uh, because you know as I said earlier to you, real life it sometimes gets too tough and and you know this, this takes a lot of time uh, and effort to put to try to put quality stuff as much as possible. So I I've pretty much uh, limited these days to to picture list, but I've I've done. Things for prospects 365 and and six man rotation in in the past uh, and Twitter you know that's where uh, you can usually find us all right yeah exactly. we're we're on there probably more than we should be yeah um, yeah and yeah I, I hear you I mean I think you know this is the first year that I've been consistently putting out content um, first year Sammy and I have had this podcast and. Especially in these these final you know weeks of the season, it gets easy to think, you know, maybe people won't notice if I if I skip this one article or this one thing. But it's it always you know always drives us you know to to cover whatever topic we're passionate about to cover something in the game. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we really wanted to talk to you about 
was a leaderboard that you have called the Specs Leaderboard. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit about what that is, how that got started? What, what was the origin story, I guess we could say? Sure, sure. This is, uh, uh, well, this, it had started as a little project of mine. Uh, I, wa I wanted to try to get some stats that could help me, you know, well, we are always looking for an edge, right, in, in, yeah. in fantasy baseball. And uh, um, I was trying to, to find some a combination of stats that could help me try to get those pictures that sometimes we are missing because we're focused too much on one thing only or maybe we're we're have some blind spots and we don't get the full picture so i had this idea of trying to combine a number of stats in in uh, just one index an aggregate index that could have some prediction power uh, among and, and also description, trying to balance stuff mostly, mm -hmm. right? So um, I've I've always been a fan of simple stats like K minus BB percentage and things like that because it they are deceptively simple but can provide a lot of information. Yeah. And and so I started you know playing around with some of these stats. I initially had this uh others that was called quindex it was something funny that i i, I came with uh but I, and i used k minus bb percentage as the core of it but i used other other uh, stats like sierra mm -hmm. and and uh, some other first strike percentage but then when i joined uh, pictured list um i got the help from this uh amazing guys from the data team that they have which is amazing to be honest and um we started working with other different stats combination and we came with this formula which uses k minus minus bb percentage csw percentage which is the you know the child and the ch um, baby for of pitcher list for mm -hmm. Alex Fast and, and Nick Pollock. And we added zone percentage and uh, O swing percentage, and we mixed them together and in, in balanced them. We did a lot of testing. Uh, I, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff, of stuff in the way with the data team, and it turns out that it kind of works. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the stats you listed, I mean, some of them are some of my, of my favorite stats in terms of when I go to look up if a pitcher is worthwhile, and I, I look at all those stats. Yeah. I will say for, for those of you listening, if you do follow Carlos on Twitter, or if you don't, it's C.A. Marcano um, on Twitter. Uh, in the bio, he has a link to the Specs leaderboard, which has an article that you wrote explaining the process behind everything and the full breakdown of what the list looks like. Um, it's a really good accompaniment to the list. So I would encourage people to to go and check that out. Did you have a data background before doing this? I know you said you got help from their yeah. data team, but were you an were you a quote unquote numbers guy or or no? Well, yeah, actually, I'm an engineer, so so I mean, I've been dealing so yes, with, yeah, yeah. with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm maybe too too much passionate about about numbers to the point of boring people are, 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 are getting people bored about it. But, and I found these other guys that love numbers too. So, I mean, that's a match in, in made in heaven, you know? Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, 
Uh, and it was, you know, it, it took months to do all the testing and things. We, we've, we've been working, we started working last year since November and only in March we, we came out with the, with all the results, but because we wanted, you know, to have something really well tested and we are yeah. still doing tweakings here and there and, and, and checking out, but we, we are kind of pleased, pleased with the results so far, to be honest. So, I, I forgot to mention that a, a, a very important component of specs is PCRA, which is this amazing ERA estimator uh, made by Connor Karkin from Six Man Rotation. He, he just came out with this uh, estimator using battable battable data instead of homers and things like that and it's yeah. really really good i uh, well it's so good that connor is working with the with the astros now so yeah. I, I i mean it, it, it really really uh you know makes good stuff for the for the index yeah and obviously you can you know you can find the pcra data on the specs leaderboard it is also a component of the pitch leaderboard that Alex Chamberlain puts out, which I think is also a really good aspect oh, yeah. of it. He puts it next to deserved DRA. Um, so really good metrics to look at. So for you, let's just say that people are listening to this. They go and check out the specs leaderboard. It's their first time looking at it. Yeah. Is it as simple as we should roster the higher ranked pitchers and not roster the lower ranked pitchers? How do you think people should approach the leaderboard when making their decisions? So, um, short answer, yes. Long answer, uh, you have to, you know, as with everything in life, there are, you know, little things that you have to take in, into account. But that was the idea behind it. Uh, to scale it from one to a hundred, well, we have some pictures uh, beyond a hundred because right. they've doing, been doing crazy stuff like the Grom and Burns and sometimes. But the, the idea was to scale it in that, so to have it, something simple that you just could check the number and say okay higher better that that that's the the idea behind it right after that well there are things like a uh, very important thing we have to take into account is innings pitch uh, mm -hmm. because um to be honest we need some amount of innings to make it more reliable um i usually say that at least 35 40 45 innings pitch that that would be like you know the minimum cut to start being reliable for example uh, and the more the better uh for this year when i i was trying to look and trying to find some edges for this year uh while doing my draft prep uh, uh, at the end of last season there was a problem because we have a, we had less innings than usual in the mm -hmm. shortened season. So I had to do things like combining the stats from 2020 and 2019. So okay. it was kind of tricky find, finding that balance there, uh, but it still helped finding value, like seeing that Kevin Gossman was no fluke, for example. Yeah. Things like I, I got the opportunity of getting Corbin Burns in round five in most of my of my drafts, and and, and, and Specs told me that he was clearly an SB one by far. Uh, so um, things things like that 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 can improve your draft if you 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 can you know get the the, the edge it, it provides. Yeah, and I, I also remember early on in the season. Obviously, he's. He's gotten hurt, so he hasn't, you know, really kind of jumped the way that we yeah. thought. But Alex Cobb was a guy who, you know, you were you were saying kind of around the All Star break. Listen, he's 
he rates really yeah. well on specs. And I know we haven't seen it on the field, but he's a guy that we should look at, at getting. I picked him up primarily because of your, your work. And unfortunately, you know, he hasn't been on the field enough in the second half yeah. of the season to really kind of make do um, make good on that. Sure. Um, but before we dive into some of the recent leaders, let's just take us, take people through, you know, a test case. So for example, one of the players that you have on the main page, but somebody who's, who has seen his specs ranking change, I, I think relatively considerably over the course of the season is, is Charlie Morton. Yeah. Um, so on the main page, you have Charlie Morton, with a specs grade for the season of just under 80. And then over the last 15 days, he's up uh, around 88 over the last 30 days. He's at 87. So how do we make sense of that jump? Is that a considerable jump? Um, And what is, what is specs tracking that is showing us this improvement? Yeah, definitely. He's having, sorry, a 10% jump in, in the past, uh, 30, 15 days, and and that's uh, that's a, a key component of of trying to get you know guys that are um, performing better than the eye meets at, at first. But but actually, if you see, Merton is ninth in FWAR for the season. So for for all NLA pitchers, so he's provided a lot a lot of value you know and and he wasn't a draft too high in 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 mm-hmm. most of drafts so only for that you, you i think you you've got a, a return of a, a really nice return of investment but now we are seeing that he has improved even more so he, he that could mean that he will have a really good end of season and most of these improvements have come from the CSW percentage for him he he's already a top 5 guy in in that regard in the national in the national league so that that that's the the thing i like by uh, i like by expects maybe morton is not the guy that throws the faster or maybe he's not getting pounded this pounded his own as as um, confidently as other guys but he is showing in other aspects that he can get the job done by other means so so that's what i wanted to to get with the specs something that doesn't just um Make me look at one aspect of of the game from from the pitchers and and scaled and and, and properly weighted against other pitchers. Yeah. No, I love and I I do like that you use him as a test case because you know even though as you mentioned he's not somebody that is on waiver wires and people are going to run and pick up and hopefully we will have some of those guys to talk about in just a second. But you know he had a three sixty four ERA in the first half and I think people were still a little underwhelmed. There was something about it that. Nobody was talking about how great Charlie Morton was, but he was per, he was performing well. You know, the XFIP and the ERA indicators were better than his actual ERA. In the second half, you know, he's seen a 5% jump in K-minus walk rate, which I think is something that is a stat that I look at a lot. If you sort, you know, by XFIP over the last uh, 30 days, he's second in Major League Baseball with a 214 XFIP. Um, he has a 310 ERA. You mentioned the K rate is up. So I think you're seeing that improvement. And that's not, it's not a drastic change, but what it is, is somebody who your metric and other metrics had suggested was pitching really well and maybe going overlooked and yeah. probably honestly was somebody that, you know, at the fantasy trade deadline, you could have acquired for not a lot of resources. Definitely. Um, definitely. And, and he could yeah. just add an incremental value to your roster really, right. really 
you know on the chip if you if you if you um if, if you could get a, a good trade for him yeah so we are going to dive into some of the guys who are likely on the waiver wires and these are players who specs is high on uh and yeah. basically we're going to go through should people be thinking about adding these players or not um, we will say, as Carlos mentioned at the beginning, innings is obviously a big thing to think about. Some of these yeah. pitchers that we are discussing uh, have not thrown a lot of innings yet, but we still want to talk about them because, you know, if you wait until they've thrown more innings, there's a chance that they're not going to be available anymore. And that's definitely the case with the first name on the leaderboard because he's only made one start. And that's Glenn Otto from Texas, who came over in the Joey Gallo deal, was pitching really well for the Yankees. Um, was a guy that I covered for Roto Baller in a uh, starting starting pitcher prospects to stash because primarily the Yankees during um, last season identified that he didn't have a good pitch to get right-handed hitters out with. He was he had kind of reverse splits, and they yeah. taught him a slider. Uh, and if you watch that first start against the Astros, uh, they taught him a hell of a slider. Yeah. So he his spec score after the first start was ninety point four. So I guess my question to you is is it's only one start, but is that score relatively high for a rookie in a first start? Does that make you excited about him or should we throw, should we have some caution with him? Um, I'm pretty excited. I, I mean, um, rookies usually don't have this high of a, of a score uh, because they tend to get too many walks when they, when they get the, their first uh, starts. Right. But Otto was just, you know, killing it in, 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 in this, it, it it was only five innings, but he got up almost thirty two percent in CSW percentage. He pounded the zone at almost forty four percentage, uh, and he got a swing percentage of forty four. That meaning that almost half of his pitches out of the zone were swings by by the opponents that that day so th that's very important when we look at, at the rookie because control and command it's usually what kills them you know when when they get into the big shows um but Otto was i mean that slider that you mentioned i i, I wish uh, that that you can teach a lot of guys how to, <laughs> how to throw something like that you know uh, uh, that way came like out of nowhere. So I, I'm I'm really excited. I, I think it's a great speculative ad for for the rest of the season if if they keep him on the roster, you know. Yeah, which and which you would like to think they they will because they're yeah. not really going anywhere. And he obviously showed in the first start that he's worthy of being up there. You know, he's only owned in two percent of Yahoo leagues, so he should be available in most places unless you're in a deep league or or a dynasty. I love that you brought up the control because the other thing with him that I covered was uh, they changed his placement on the rubber. So in 2019, when he was in rookie ball in high A, mm -hmm. he had walk percentages of 18%, 13.5%. So he those were very high. Yeah. And what they decided was also just by changing his placement on the rubber, which we've seen in the past with guys like Jose Barrios and other pitchers that can have a better impact on placement and location. And then you add the new pitch. So I, I'm with you too. I'm very excited. I would just tell people that if you're looking at this and thinking, oh, maybe it's a flash in the pan because it doesn't match up with his past success, I think this is a different pitcher. Remember that yeah. 
the last time people saw him was 2019 pre-pandemic. He's It's been two years. We know that he's been taught a new pitch. We know that they've changed his approach on the rubber. So these are things that have had actionable consequences. Uh, totally. I don't know that we should expect him to carve up opponents like the Astros in the, in the way that he did, but that slider is is no joke. And I think you know he still throws relatively hard in the mid nineties. I think it gives him a a good solid solid floor. Totally agree. Totally agree. Another pitcher who a uh, rookie pitcher who we're going to look at who has a few more innings um, is Aaron Ashby. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Ashby uh, started in the bullpen for the Brewers, has since come on uh, and I guess kind of joined the rotation, but they're doing a little bit of a six-man rotation and also shortening people's starts, so it's a little confusing. Uh, but his his over the last 30 days, his spec score is 83.7. Um, so it's lower than Otto. Does that mean you have less confidence in Ashby than you do in Glenn Otto? Uh Kind of, but you know, Ashby has the pedigree. You know, it, it, it's it's the guy that it's was uh, better, higher, better regarded prospect than 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 Otto. Not not diminishing what Otto has done, but Ashby has been a, a bigger sort of name. Um, but yeah, he he has a season index lower. But if we see his thirty and fifteen days index, he's been going from less to more. He was at 83, I'm sorry, uh, less than 80 before in the past 30 days, 83. Now in the last 15, he's at 85. So that means he's getting better. Of course, we have to be careful because what we talked about, uh, limited quantity of innings. It's, it's very important. And, and I, I always have to be very honest about, about this, right? <laughs> but um, things look confident. And... I mean, this shows that he's going to be a long-term value. That that that's what I look at him right now. Maybe he's not going to provide uh, the you know the stats you need to win your league this year by by these six weeks that that we are remaining of the season. But if you can get something for him in in a trade for dynasty, I, I mean it. It's could be you know worth it trying to explore those those uh, other managers and see what what you can get you know how how if you can get him um, uh, because he he might be universally owned in everywhere in dynasty formats yeah. I, I think so yeah I think what's interesting you brought up his increase in score which also seems to coincide with him joining the rotation and getting more innings so i do yeah. think there's something to the fact of yes we don't know how many innings he's going to get but this is a pitcher who has gotten better as he's thrown more and then your leaderboard is also suggesting he's scoring higher as he's thrown more then we use our eyes and and we see the talent i mean sure. this is a guy throwing 97 from the left side with a with a really good slider, and I know that you know Nick Pollock from Pitcherlist did a breakdown of the of the first start, or I think it was actually his second start, and talked about the way that he pitches backwards. He doesn't go fastball first; he mixes in the breaking pitches. Yeah. Uh, you talked about that pedigree, so I think you know this is a guy who I'm interested in in rostering in deep twelve team leagues, even in fifteen team leagues if they're out there. If he's out yeah. there, because at this point in the season especially if you need a shot in the arm to try to, you know, climb up the standings, put him on your bench, see what one start looks like, see who he, you know, who he's getting going to get to face the next time out. And then 
you know, you this is the type of guy who could get you a pretty explosive start because of the quality of pitcher that he actually is. Those 15 teamers around can benefit from a, from a guy like Ashby. We're going to go to a, another left-hander, but someday we have a little more innings to discuss. Uh, and recently, Kyle Freeland has been a little bit of the, the talk of fantasy Twitter because he has taken his game to seemingly a new level. Over the last 30 days, he has a spec score of 83.13. Um, that coincides with uh, a 341 ERA, but a 294 FIP. He's got a uh, 10 and a half K per nine. Uh, and he's doing all of this with a 306 BABIB, which would seem to suggest that he's actually getting a little unlucky as he's performing like this. Yeah. Are you seeing anything in the improvements in Kyle Freeland that you think people should be excited about? I, I, I mean, I was a little, little bit worried because we saw after the big uh, sticky situation we've had with pitchers this year, I, I thought what one, one pitcher that was going to get hurt by it was Kyle Freeland because um, we saw some improvements in his um, spin rates and things like that earlier that was kind of, you know, suspicious in some way. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it hasn't changed his situation. In fact, he's been, like, you know, getting even better after the, the after MLB started posing the the, the sticky substances so it looks like he's the real deal to be honest uh, uh, I was a little bit worried uh, I ha I was skeptical to but uh, he's making me a believer and um, as we, as if you check his improvement it's been sustained in the past month and usually when a pitcher because a pitcher can have a, a, just one great start and then be like really bad for the rest of the year but he's when a pitcher goes after more than one month doing things right you you you, you have to be you know very uh, open to what he's doing even if it's a guy like Alfred that in the past was well, less than than uh, excellent to, to put it in sure. a way, you know. <laughs> um, and his specs shows it. He is uh, just let me look briefly here. Eighty three and eighty two. And what I like uh, about Kyle is that well, and every everyone should like about like about him is that he has improved so much in his walk percentage he, it, and, and it's not like it was really bad before but he's continuously has been improving there and um, this is very important for his success you know uh, it's yeah. a guy that um, used to get a lot of hits per game so if he couldn't control the the base runners he had he, he, he that's why he was getting in all kinds of problem before, but that's a big, big important part of his game today. And uh, I'm feeling it's for real. I agree. And I think this goes back also to the auto conversation of if there are changes, we see in actionable results. Obviously you yeah. talked about the fact that the results are there. And then if you look at, you know, go to StatCast and you look at his pitch usage, you see that he went from starting the year, throwing the curveball the least, he was throwing the curveball 7.6% of the time in the month of May 
He's now throwing the curveball 24.8% of time in the month of August. The curveball was his best pitch by CSW in the last start against the Dodgers. Um, it recorded a 39% CSW, a 62% whiff rate. It got eight whiffs on 13 swings in a really good start against the Dodgers. He also dipped a little bit in his slider usage, but now he's basically throwing the curve and the slider primarily and the fastball as a secondary pitch. So if you're taking a guy who's throwing a good pitch more often and then you see the results support that that's working, then I think you got to believe that that's working. And we know there are curveball issues in Coors Field because of the altitude and all that. And, you know, if he's facing the Dodgers in Coors in the end of the season, you might want to give that start a miss. But there are still opportunities for a guy who's universally overlooked. And I think sometimes we look at Rockies pitchers and just say, I don't want the headache. But – but maybe you do because the results have backed it up. 17 strikeouts in the last two starts. So there's something yeah. there. Yeah. And, and you have to be very confident to throw that many curves, you know, all, again and again because it's not like you do with a fastball that it's easier to to control where it's going to land, you know. So uh, yeah. it, it, it all adds up. We're going to go to yet another lefty um, because why not? But uh, <laughs> sitting right um, above, actually, Kyle Freeland on the Specs leaderboard for the last 30 days, 83.43 is Blake Snell. And Blake Snell's another guy who people have talked a lot about the change in approach, um, the way that he's basically become a little bit of a two-pitch pitcher, uh, fa- focusing on his best two pitches. So do you think Specs is telling us that these changes are are legitimate and something we should be looking into getting on our roster? So if you see the last games from from Snell in his past uh, 10, 10, 24 innings, he's struck out 23, 32, 36 batters. So in just 23 innings, that's that's kind of of incredible. With only six walks, uh, the main concern with the Snell is volume. He is. Really, he has really, really problems getting up beyond the fifth inning, and uh, it's not only uh, when he was with the Rays. It, it's now even they. It, it certainly feels sometimes that they don't trust him going beyond sure. the, the the fifth inning. So that's an issue. That's an issue for me, and especially this year when we need we're not getting enough volume for some pitchers, and and that's something important. Uh, uh, for the rest of season, when some guys are going to get shut down and things like that, so uh, that would be my biggest concern with the snow. The innings that he's been getting lately it has been as good as anyone. He is he's doing a hell of a job getting batters out, striking them out mostly, and his control is is doing great. So, uh, I mean, we we maybe cannot expect to get as many innings as we would like because actually he got drafted in a fair high uh, situation, high round. So mm-hmm. I, I, I bet most honors would have loved for him to get more innings. But the problem is that maybe though if he would have gotten more innings, 
those wouldn't be as good as as you would have expected. <laughs> so so there is like a balance there with the Snell that that it's hard sometimes to figure out. That would be my my biggest caveat with with him. Yeah, I I I totally agree with you there. I I think I'm willing to take the chance given the production as you mentioned has been so good lately. And if I can get five or six innings from Snell in a start and he's pitching like this, I'll take that over, you know, hopefully trying to get seven innings from somebody. Because if you're looking, you know, I'm looking at the Fangraphs leaderboard right now for the last 30 days. And if you look at Snell, who's thrown 92 and two thirds innings over the last 30 days, and then, you know, you've got Corbin Burns is at 33 Framber Valdez, 33.1. Bueller, 33.1. You know, Giolito, 29. Uh, Scherzer, 29. So he's kind of in line with some of these big starters in terms of innings pitched and not too far off of the guys who are giving yeah. you tons of innings. So I think if if Snell costs me maybe seven or eight total innings this month, but I'm going to keep getting this production rather than trying to, to make those – uh, headache-inducing moves off the waiver wire of trying to pick up this guy for that start or this for that or that one. You know, I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, Chris Paddock just came off the IL uh, earlier this week, so I am curious what the Padres do with the rotation and if there's any sort of like six-man uh, situation that they get into. But I think they're so beat up right now that I don't really consider. I don't really think that that will run into that issue. Yeah, that's a messy situation for them right now. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing, you know, but they solved it because they fired their pitching coach who absolutely was to blame for all them getting injured and wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just a scapegoat for that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about one last arm on a positive note, and then we'll move into some arms that maybe we should be looking to drop. Um, yeah. And he's a little bit further down the spec score leaderboard than these other guys, but compared to other starting pitchers over the last 30 days, Bailey Ober has been performing relatively well. Um, he has a spec score just under 77 um, and has been showcasing uh, just kind of like uh, some real legitimate improvements for Minnesota. He was a guy who had been more, more controlled than anything, even though he's a big dude. He doesn't pack a bunch of velocity. But yeah. He's got a 230 ERA over the last month. Um 27.1 innings over that span. He does have a K percentage right around 8.5 K per nine. So again, you're not getting any crazy um, strikeout rates, but you're getting good ratios, average strikeout rates, and he's pitching, you know, relatively well and, and deep into games. Is Bailey Ober somebody who, if you're in, you know, a deep 12 team league or a 15 team league, you would be looking to roster? Yeah, he, he's, he's worth, he's worth, uh, uh, position if you 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 can stash in, um, as you said, you are not gonna get a lot of strikeouts, which is weird. We, we uh, this is kind of well, it's not the same situation. But remember Dustin May we, that everyone wanted and thought that he could strike out a lot of more people than he did. Yeah. Uh, so this I I got the same feeling from from over. You know I I I feel that he should be striking out more people than he does, but. Um, he is compensating that with his walk, 
percentage. You know, he he's barely around five percent, which is really really good. So that's what's helping his game right now, and that's what will keep him being relevant for the, for at least for the time being. Uh, he has an acceptable CSW percentage, not elite or anything, but that's that's just enough to get the job done. And um, he was uh, benchmarking around 73 in specs, but that didn't include his last uh, start. So he's actually a little a little bit uh, higher now after that start. I, I usually consider consider 75 to be like you know the the border when I start thinking that these guys deserve a deeper look okay. uh, from the, that that's when I think well they they're getting in, into the you know good for better uh zone or something yeah. like that so he he just got in there right now and um he I mean options for streaming um are going to get a little bit and hard for the rest of of the season so yeah. if if you can grab in I think you can do a lot worse with with other options yeah I, I agree with you totally too I think I think his he comes up on a lot of like swinging strike weight leaderboards and stuff that I've looked at because he does have swing and miss pitches in particular the slider I really like um, yeah. He hasn't necessarily gotten those whiffs consistently. And maybe it's a pitch sequencing um, thing or or maybe it has to do with the way his, his pitches work off of one another. But I totally agree that you watch him and you feel like there's more there. But again, he's not giving you anything to get mad at right now. He's giving you solid production. So if you're okay on strikeouts, I think there's nothing wrong with, with putting Bailey Ober on your roster. We're going to move to maybe guys who there might be some problem with keeping them on your roster. You're going to let us know if you think that uh, the specs leaderboard is telling us we should be concerned. Uh, before we get into that, I did just want to go over a name who was a really highly rostered prospect, Edward Cabrera. After he made his debut, people yeah. ran to fab to pick him up. Um, I myself ran to fab to pick him up. This is the spec score before tonight's start, obviously, uh, yeah. of 52.26. So was this obviously the lack of swing and miss in that first start? Uh, are you telling people maybe this is only a few innings and we shouldn't read too much into this? Or do you think it is maybe indicative of some larger issues that Cabrera is going to have? So, yes. Um, Cabrera... Um... I mean, it's a really small sample, but what he showed uh, in some key aspects was I, I was a little bit baffled <laughs> about it because it, it was not only the lack of, of swing and misses for that day. It's more he got batted a little bit harder than I thought. <laughs> uh, his PCRA, which takes into account battle balls and, and things like that, it, it was like almost five or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it was higher that I was expecting. And um, he didn't get enough uh, swinging strikes outside the zone, which is key uh, um, right right now for any pitcher. So, I mean, it can be small sample issues, to be honest. Uh, yeah. And the, the guy, he's highly regarded. He's been watched for 
you know, everyone for seeing all his development has been watched by a lot of more knowledgeable, more knowledgeable people than me, you know. And 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 uh, so I, I'm I'm on a wait, you know, hold and see situation with him. I I have no shares in any dynasty team. Maybe I, w I will regret it, but right now I'm pretty cautious about what he has to show. Yeah, I, and I think what you're saying bore out tonight in the start against the Mets because he was very efficient with his pitches again. He threw 53 pitches in, in four innings, which is pretty good. Suggests yeah. he could go deep into games, but he threw a lot of pitches over the middle of the plate, um, and some of them got hit hard, including the Conforto two-run homer. I mean, he threw three shutout innings, um, yeah. gave up a couple singles and a home run in the fourth, and he's at three runs allowed in four innings just like that. And I think what you're seeing if you watch him pitch is, is at least my hope, because I look at the raw stuff and I think that he's a talented arm, sure. is to your point about not getting O-swings, he's, I think, maybe too worried about throwing strikes because yeah. he had some walk issues in AAA, which were new for him, and people were talking about how he doesn't usually walk guys. And maybe now he's being overly cautious and he doesn't want to walk guys. So, you know, he's throwing change-ups that are right over the middle of the plate, like the one Conforto hit out. He's throwing curveballs that, you know, VR got a single on. He's that were right over the middle of the plate. He's not pushing the envelope in, in terms of trying to get those swings out of the zone. But I think he has the stuff to do it. So I'm, I guess I'll take the opposite of your cautious approach. And I would say, He's the exact type of guy that I would put on my roster. And like I did in my home league, I didn't start him tonight because I thought, A, it was a seven-inning game and they might pull him early. But also, I like the talent. I need to see more of the results before I I get the, you know, I put him in the starting lineup. But I, I think if if people are maybe not buying into him after the, you know, the start tonight in particular, I think he's worth a stash. I think he's worth a bench spot in 12 team leagues and more just to see if he can harness that that raw ability sure sure uh, and and it's important to know that he's still learning you know he's he's a rookie so uh, he has a way to go yeah totally agree we're gonna move to a couple of guys who should be concerning um one of which also through tonight didn't throw particularly well through kind of the way that he always has recently which is Cole Irvin. So Cole Irvin threw tonight against the Tigers. He went four and two thirds, gave up seven hits and three runs, walked two, struck out two. Uh, he came into this game with a spec score of 55-79, which, as you mentioned, is well below the score of being interesting to fantasy owners. So if he was on your team, are you looking for a better option? Yeah, definitely. And, and it's a shame because I was really, really into Cole uh, early in the season, he he was having uh, great numbers, what which no one was was expecting to be honest. Uh, he came out of nowhere, uh, you know, uh, uh, for the A's. By the way, that that's my favorite team, so that I was double interested in in him getting you know to get good results. Um, he did a lot of. Well, a, a big important change uh, this offseason, which had to do with his release point. He was getting very consistent 
uh, getting the ball uh, at this more or less the same release point every time. And that's what's helping him to be more controlled and um, having a better command of, of his throws. Uh, he's not a great um, strikeout guy, but he he could live with command and control. Unfortunately, lately, as of lately, he's not getting the result. He's been getting hit really hard, uh, and uh, I, I'm you know I'm, I'm very I'll I have to say I'm sad about it because I thought he was going to be better. He was. Uh, a guy uh, that I thought that could get into this Kyle Hendricks territory, you know, guys that depend a lot in, in their common and control and they, mm -hmm. they still, they can get a lot of uh, quality innings, even if he's not going to shoot out uh, uh, a team every day, but he could get five, six innings of three ball uh game uh three runs games and but uh he he somehow lost it he was around 75 um on specs a, a month ago and he's going all the way down to 55 the last 15 days he's been around 48 so that's a big red flag a big yeah. red flag there, there's too much change for the worst in the past 30 days yeah, you know, I I won't pile on. I think you clearly you're sad about it. I don't want to go too much more into it. I was surprised that he got the starting job at the beginning of the year. I coming out of spring training personally thought, you know, I had high hopes for Dalton Jeffries. I thought that Dalton Jeffries might yeah. have gotten that spot. So I'm I was maybe expecting the Cole Irvin exper experience to last less time. I think he's been serviceable for a while for deeper league people, but as you mentioned, I'm I'm on board with looking in another direction yeah let's tackle somebody in the same exact division uh another left-hander it's yusei kikuchi mm -hmm. who was kind of a darling early on in the season had discovered more strikeouts was becoming a more dynamic starting pitcher there was a lot of talk about him kind of adjusting more to the major league game and reshaping his arsenal yeah the last you know the last stretch hasn't been overly kind in terms of the last 30 days, he has a 587 ERA in 23 innings. The strikeout rate has gone back down. His spec score over the last 30 days uh, is 57.36. Do you, do you think we're going to relive those glory days of, of a lot of strikeouts? Or do you think maybe that was a mirage and we should be moving yeah. in another direction? I, I think you nailed it there. I think we he overperformed. That's that's my thinking, and the league adjusted to to what he was throwing, and uh, unfortunately, I think Kikuchi picked for the season or, already. And, and he, to be honest, I think he's a drop in in many formats. Uh, uh, he's not getting the strikeouts. He's been getting really, really hard. He conceded around. Let me see, seven, ten, eleven walks in the past four starts and five homers in that stretch um, in, in just less than 25 innings. Uh, he, he's, he has all the red flags all around and, and unfortunately he would not be an option for me. I, I think you could find a streamer with a better, that could be a better option than Kikuchi for the moment being. 
I totally agree. Uh, I think, you know, I, I really was hoping that we would see that adjustment. I know there might be some articles coming out next year about that those first couple of months and how we can dream on it. I, I'm with you on the lack of strikeouts. The walk rate has jumped. He's getting hit hard right now. I just can't. I can't see any reason to have him on my roster outside of the deepest of, of formats. So I agree on, on him being a drop. I was also never super high on the the next guy. It felt like he was a little bit um, pitching out of his head early on as well. And that's Zach Thompson uh, from the Miami Marlins. I bring this up because I think that there is a rotation crunch coming for Miami. Pablo Lopez may be coming off the DL, the IL at some point later in the year. We know Trevor Rogers is expected to come back recently or in the near future. They did call up Edward Cabrera, who we mentioned before, but from their front office, they called him up to start, not to yo-yo him back up and down. Uh, Jesus Lazardo hasn't been great, but I think they're going to give him some runway to see what they have. He looked better the last start, Lazardo. Yeah. He improved a lot. Yeah, and and I think, obviously, they they have high hopes for him, trading Starling Marte. They want to see what they have for him. Uh, Zach Thompson has just been fairly average over the last month. He has a 450 ERA. I think, you know, he has a, a 4.13 K per nine um, over the last 30 days. His yeah. strikeout rate has just absolutely it's plummeted. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's got a spec score just above Kikuchi at 57.42. So do you think this is also time to move on? Yeah, yeah. I think unfortunately Thompson is the odd man in that rotation. Yeah, uh, he, as you said, he's gonna be uh, left out by this ridiculous talent that 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 Miami has in that pitching staff. Uh, you didn't mention Eliezer Hernandez, but he all, right. he's also in the in the mix. You know, so yeah. Miami has just way too too many options. I I think it could be interesting to see Thompson in. A, maybe reliever uh, uh, role, long re- relief, something like that. I think that would be better for his kind of uh, – the kind of pitcher he is because um, – and especially middle reliever, not, not in after the seventh, things like that, when you're, you need the, the high strike guys right. for those innings. So – I mean, the name of the game these days is striking people out. You, you cannot yeah. survive a major league at the major league level without striking out a lot of guys. They are going to sure. hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to hurt you. Uh, so, uh, unless you have a ridiculous command and control thing, like you, you know, Chris Paddock used to have, like I don't know, three percent uh, walk percentage or something like that. Um, yeah. But um, that that's not the case with with Thompson. So, unless he can magically get back that um, case, I, I think his days at this in that starting rotation are just numbered. You know. Yeah, and he's still he's still rostered right now in twenty percent of Yahoo leagues. I think that's far too high given that Yahoo doesn't really support the deepest roster type. So yeah. he's still you know probably on teams that maybe have checked out. But I think we can assume he's going to lose the rotation spot. And even if he doesn't, he's not giving you much of anything right now to, to support yeah. the idea that he should still be 
on your roster. Probably the, the 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 one thing that's keeping him up is that Miami is not, it's out of contention and yeah. and they've had uh, injuries problems. But now that Eliezer is back and Pablo Lopez, it's almost dirt. I, I mean, there is more less reasons. Sorry, uh, to keep him with the big team more and more. Fully agree. Uh, the last name we're going to go into right now is is doing the thing that he did at the beginning of the year all over again, and that's Kyle Gibson for the Phillies. His spec score for the last 30 days is a 58.01. Over that span, he has a 454p CRA. He's got a 437. Oh, sorry, that's uh, he's got a 451 xFIP. He has just over five strikeouts per nine. Somehow he has a 193 ERA despite all of that, which is making him semi-useful, I guess. Is he still somebody you would want on your roster? Or do you think, I don't really care that the ERA is okay. He's really not giving me anything else. Sure. I'm I'm really conflicted about Kyle Gibson. You know, he's been such a great news (laughs) this year for so many. There are a lot of contending uh, teams in, in all around fantasy that have Cal Gibson in their pitching staff because he was basically free, you know, uh, yeah. and what he has provided uh, for that, it's just been crazy. He has a great thing for him that he's provided uh, a lot of innings. So uh, that's something that, and and somehow he has managed to have that sub, uh, sub three, I think two, yeah, two point nine two point ninety four ERA. So in most regulars five by five leagues, that's just golden, you know. <laughs> and 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 that I mean those leagues don't care about his fape or, or, or anything in yeah. the like. <laughs> so uh, I, I I mean I'm gonna go against specs <laughs> here and just for my I'm using my god, I would I would keep. Gibson in, in my, in my rotation. I, I call him the Dragon Slayer because he's a guy that you don't imagine could kill a dragon, but he he's doing it, you know? Yeah, uh, 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 and that's something that it keeps amazing me. Just for the fun of it, I I, I would keep Cal in, in my rotation. I, I love that, the Dragon Slayer. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen, I think, to your point, you can't knock getting the, the ratios that he's giving you I think it's the same thing that we were thinking early on in the year, which is there's a blow up start coming. There's a, there's a bad start coming. Um, but you know, if you need the ERA, if you need the ratio help, he's, he's certainly going to give you, or he's currently giving you more than you're going to find on the wire. I think if you are okay on ratios, if you need strikeouts, um, you know, if that's the category you really, really need right now, um, or if you are, you know, hanging, you're kind of on the outside looking in and you need like to make a real big move to get into contention. I don't think that's Kyle Gibson. So I think it really depends on your roster right now. If you're, yeah. if you're sitting pretty and you want something boring and stable for, for your fantasy team, there's no reason that you can't hold on to him. Um, yeah. If you need it, to it, shoot for the moon, I would, I would look somewhere else. Sure. He's, he's, you know, that reliable SP three that you, everyone needs. Yeah. In, in in the roster, and it's something amazing that I just saw about him is that in twenty four games that started this year, he's only allowed more than three earned runs in four games. So that that's pretty commendable for 
from yeah. from anyone these days. So I mean, I, I am I'm enjoying what he's been doing so far. Yeah, and to your point, it is a great story. He's currently rostered in 82% of Yahoo leagues. So I think there there are some owners, you know, managers out there who maybe should think if there's a, an option that might be better suited to what their team needs right now. But I love that he's been able to do this. Um, it's always good when you get these guys that kind of come out of nowhere, especially the, the late career renaissance type. So yeah. we're going to end with a segment that Sammy and I always call calling pitches. Um, you know, obviously as catchers, we believe that we are the ones who dictate the game. We call the pitches, we give the signs. Uh, so we always kind of end with a, a recommendation. So for today, given that we've been talking a lot about um, starting pitchers, uh, we're going to talk about each of us will give one starting pitcher that we think is potentially under rostered based on um, what we think that they could deliver over the final month of the season. Uh, so I'll start. Um, and it's Carlos Hernandez uh, for the Kansas City Royals. And I'll just look up right now, actually. Uh, his spec score over the last 30 days is 70.52, which, as you mentioned, is a little bit under where we would want them to be. Yeah. And his his CSW rates, his swing and miss rates right now, are not where I think people expect based on the stuff that he has. But that's why he's under rostered right now and that's why i think he's somebody that, that we should grab he's got four pitches that are are considered plus by stuff plus if you watch him you look at the raw stuff and you just see that he's a dynamic pitcher multiple breaking balls um that are really high quality the pitches pair really well together um he you know throws triple digit heat so they're all of the the you know the ball of clay is there if you will everything to be a really great starting pitcher is there the Royals aren't contending right now, so I think there's no reason he'll come out of the rotation. And I think you're starting to see a little bit more gains and swing and miss over the last couple of starts. So yeah. I think that you might get a really strong month out of him to end the season. Kind of, you know, maybe maybe three or four pretty dynamic starts that could be really useful for your team. And if you have any of the guys that we mentioned in our drop segment, like I would switch. Cole Irvin for him. I would switch. Um, I'm going back over who we talked about. I would switch Zach Thompson for him, Kakushi for him. If I really needed upside, I personally would switch Kyle Gibson for him. If I needed that shot in the dark to get me to climb up the standings. Um, yeah, I, I love that pick, to be honest. Hernandez uh, is a really exciting uh, pitcher, and I think he's a guy that it's going to get better and better, better uh, as he gets more innings under his wing. So I, I, I love that pick, to be honest. Well, thank you. And mm -hmm. and who is your pick? So this is a guy that they've been jojoing all the past couple of, uh, of you know weeks, and that's driving me crazy. It's Tanner Hook. He is around 20, I just saw it here, 26% in Yahoo, I think, which I think it's criminal in 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 some way um, because I think he's well he's been limited in innings mm -hmm. sometimes but it's it's a matter of the same situation he's, he's been experiencing going back and forth forth from the out I think he's in the alternates I, I don't know I'm, he I'm was, not yeah he sure. was yeah they were calling him back up I, so now we're talking about my team because I'm a Red Sox fan but yeah they were calling him back up and down a lot in in AAA because he had options and 
you know, they didn't want to switch out the rotation fully. So he's been going back and forth a bunch. So, so that's that's something that I think it's messing up with him. But I, I don't think that's the ideal situation for any any pitcher or or, or any player, uh, to be honest, to be in that uh, back and forth. But um, Specs loves uh, Tanner Hook. He has an eighty percent, eighty. Well, I keep saying percent, but it's not percent. And an a score of eighty. <laughs> Uh, for the season, and it was impacted by his uh, not his last start, by the previous one to that one, uh, because I, I don't have it completely updated. But he took a no hitter to, into the sixth inning, his last start, so and then he got a little bit knocked out. But um, I think he, he's a really, really good pitcher that, that the Red Sox have there, and I think he's can be really useful um boston is not doing great lately uh, uh and he could they could yeah. benefit of having a, a fresh uh young arm getting you know and trying to show off all his his quality uh and uh, i think if if someone over there needs a, a Quality innings for the rest of the season. I think Tanner Hook, at least in Yahoo, because in NFBC and all these other deeper leagues, he's almost universally owned. Uh, it's yeah. just like it's more than ninety percent. But at least in Yahoo, there's a gap that need could be, you know, uh, filled with with him. I I totally agree. I, I, you pointed out the last start; he went ninety pitches. So potentially a sign that they're willing to to let him go a little deeper. They did publicly say he's up to stay now um so hopefully that's true i mean they did start brad peacock tonight so i think yeah. if you're gonna do that and not put tanner hauck in the rotation then you've got a real problem so yeah. i i i love that call i think it's great um i also apologize for saying percent all the time for the spec score i <laughs> see the okay. decimal points and my brain just goes to percentages yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I, I have to come up with a name or, 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 or uh, you know, uh, how do you say? Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, well, uh, it's something that to uh, to make company for the for the number. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah I think that I think the naming of things like this is like the hardest thing to come up with. So, <laughs> yeah, um, totally. I, I love I love what you've got right now. Um, <laughs> Carlos, thank you so much for coming on. Before we go, why don't you just remind people where they can read your work, um, where they can find the Specs Leaderboard, all of that. Sure. Um, you can – well, I'm, I'm almost too much, as you said, in, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, every time at, in my handle is at uh, CA Marcano. And um, I write mostly for Pitcher List. I usually have a weekly article with them. Sometimes I do a little bit more. And uh, I also now and then write for Prospects 365 and for Six Man Rotation. I do some things in Spanish. And yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm from Venezuela. So we are all crazy about baseball there, you know? Uh, and and uh, I'm just enjoying. This. I, I've been writing for just one year and it's been so, so exciting and, and fun that I, I, I'm just enjoying it uh, a lot. Um, thanks again for having me, Eric. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours and you know, what you guys do. 
And I, I really enjoyed talking about such a great game as baseball today. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, I think that's one of the things that drew us to, you know, to you, to your to your work, to your, you know, your Twitter presence, all that, whatever you want to say, I think is just it's it's very clear that you just kind of love talking about the game um, and diving into, you know, as we mentioned off air, you know, the Pete Rose article that you wrote, just like the fact that there are things that are about fantasy and there are things that are about just love of of baseball um and all things baseball whether it's history current um so you know i love i love what you bring to this I, i guess we call it an industry who knows but i love what you bring to the discussion um and i think the more that we kind of just get these people that are just really passionate about talking about the about the game and have different perspectives about the game and the history of the game and different analytical ways to look at it it just you know makes it a, a real special way to follow the sport that we all love Thank you, man. Thank you a lot. Um, so again, you can follow me on Twitter at SamskyNYC. Uh, please download, rate, and review the podcast. We'll have a couple more episodes to wrap up the season. Um, and then I guess everybody will dive headlong into football. That's it for us. Enjoy your evening.